How do we start this podcast? I never remember. <laughs> that's a, that's that's a good way. You start with music. Start with music. You say something like, "Hey, what do I say? Hey, hey, hey. welcome, podcast recording now. <laughs> welcome to Texas Rugby Monthly. I'm Dustin Zier, your host. I'm, I, am I the? I guess I'm, I guess I'm the host. It's fine. So and so and so so and so and so and so. I've got no quirky things today. Sorry about that, guys. It's a busy. I know. Do it on the fly. I'm gonna have the inner comedian. Andrew comedian don't i'm but i'm not that's the funny thing oh i think you're a liar you're you, you could totally do bit some stand-up bit of a smart ass is more like it so well, hey y'all rugby fans what's going on so that, that, that's terrible i'm not even gonna start like that oh that's, i know we, i know what we can do Howdy, all you Texas rugby fans from the from the north to the south and the east to the west. We're back here, Texas Rugby Monthly. Grant Cole over in Houston. Rick Collins. Oh. Wait, hold on. Is that Rick? Rick? Rick, is that you? God, I don't. I don't. Rick, it's, me. I, it's, it's, it's me. It's Rick. Rick Collins up there in Dallas uh, without a beard for all of you listening to the podcast this week. Uh, clean shaven, looking three months younger uh <laughs> and i'm dustin there down here in the capital of texas that's in austin for those of you that don't know that listen far and wide uh hey guys fun fact you should know uh we had two people listen from the great state of massachusetts last week oh nice. so massachusetts yeah i know this ladies and gentlemen <laughs> is the june episode of texas rugby monthly actually recorded in june surprisingly guys we managed to make it this time uh for those of you that tune in on a, on a monthly basis hey thanks for uh tuning back in um we sometimes have a tendency to man have shit come up and we can't do it so what are you gonna do man, sue us so. <laughs> but we're here to talk what's that go ahead so dustin I'm, what are we going to talk about today honestly i have no idea uh there's rugby uh, we're also going to talk about some rugby. Uh, we're talking about rugby over in is Houston. There gonna, is there going to be any rugby on this podcast? You know, we, by the end, my goal is to hopefully get to a little bit of rugby. So we can talk there about, might be, we can talk there about, might be an extra side of rugby after that too. Extra side of rugby <laughs> smothered with a little bit of that white rugby over top, you know, that white gravy okay, rugby. Okay. That's really good. I, I do like some brown gravy too. So right you can smell the rugby. So now, that, now that we've, <laughs> now that we've identified what are they going to talk about, you know, Rick, what's happening up in Dallas? You know, Rick. I, I, before we get to that, Uh-oh. I want to say that I was a uh, I was a little uh, little frustrated with the jackal in the beginning, but uh, wait the the, owners, mas- the mascot or the ownership the mascot the mascot, but the owners of the uh, jackal showed up at the Austin showed up at the Texas Cup match at uh, at uh, Aviva Stadium and brought the. Uh, Brought the uh, jackal mascot outfit with them, and uh, uh-huh. one of our snatch guys, uh, scratch guys, excuse me, <laughs> one of our scratch guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What was that? Is that Freud? Fro- 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 one, one of the guys that, that, that gets into our scratch uh, mascot uniform got to the jackal's mascot uniform, and you know was going around 
the stadium during that match. It's pretty cool. Well, that's disappointing that we don't have an actual mascot guy. (laughs) (laughs) Considering that Rick was applying for that job and didn't get it, too. Like, Rick wanted that job as the mascot, and he couldn't even get it. They're not even giving it to him. (laughs) Oh. Hey, we'll we'll get we'll get anyway, to, we'll get to that anyway. uh, in a little bit there, Mister Mister Cole. That Texas yeah. Cup match because that was fun. No, 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 well, I know, but I was just I was just talking about the Jackals. The, Jackals. Thing. the owners, the owners group was here. Was was at Aviva as well as your uh, well as your mascot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and hey, you know they're, they're all close close behind. Uh, you know um, the president commissioner of the league. Yeah, George Kilbury, since he is in the Dallas area. So um, they'll follow along with whatever George says they need to do. Wait, hold on. So the big question up in Dallas now then, is George Kilbury the mascot for the Jackals? Bum, bum, bum. Well, I've never seen him in the same place at the same time. I would say that if he was the mascot for the Jackals, that that outfit needs to be a little bit longer. <laughs> he's a he's a tall dude. <laughs> that's uh, too bad. Hey, let's kick it off. One of the things I was going to mention is the fact that Jax has been showing up at different events around the area. Um, I know that you know he did show up there in Houston for the Texas Cup. Uh, he's shown up in Austin. Um, Did I think he? he's shown up in a couple other places and they're planning on having him show up one more time this summer, at least birthday parties at, um, the Cleburne railroaders minor league baseball team down yeah. in Cleburne, about an hour South West of Arlington, hour South of Fort Worth. And they're going to do a Jackals night. Um, you know, and when they first put this out there, when they first marketed it, <laughs> It just sounded like they were going to kind of have a couple of people there and maybe Jackson was going to show up and they were going to go, yay, Jackals, you got to come <laughs> up and watch rugby. And and we we're all sitting there going, what? well, what's the point of that? Like they're an hour south and they're watching minor league baseball. Who's going to come an hour north to watch rugby? Now, I got some more details on that after contacting the Jackals and they did say <laughs> that. Asking what going, the hell? <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly that. And they are going to actually um, have some hype videos. They're going to go out on the field during a break in the action and do something rugby related. Um, I don't know if that's having people out there throwing the ball around and playing some touch or what's going to happen, but in between, they, they are going to do something active with it. Um, now, um, I do know uh, through a couple of people that I've talked with that a uh there is a minority ownership group that also owns the cleveland railroaders or is involved in the ownership down there Mm -hmm. um so that's the connection now my biggest question i think a lot of people mention this as well everybody i've talked to is why are they not doing that in In dallas They're the Dallas Jackals. They haven't done one event in Dallas with Jacks that I'm aware of that have been that's been marketed, um, other than taking some photos. Yeah. Um, so why are we doing this in Cleburne to start out with? I understand a year from now when they're trying to continue to build and bring more people in. Yeah. That I mean, go to Cleburne, go to Frisco, go, 
you know, to the Fort Worth, whatever it is, Panther City or whatever, like go to these places and recruit people to come. But if you're the Dallas Jackals playing in Arlington, wouldn't you want to get people in the area who actually, you know, a 10 minute drive down the road or, you know, who are rugby players in the area? Would you want to get them involved? Grant Cole, if if you were a logical ownership team. (laughs) Are you going to leave it at that? (laughs) I I would agree with you. But has there been anything that the Jackals ownership team has done that is logical? It's it's disconcerting at best. So, I mean, well, I've been trying to find some upside for you here, okay? Yeah. I mean, this is going in line with what they always do. Yeah, they're doing something, and they're going in line with what they've always done. It's not making sense to anybody else, but who cares? It makes sense to them, right? They have a reason. Another another point to bring up is this Jackals podcast that they're doing, and they've done, like, I think two episodes in, like, three and a half months. How is that going to bring in people in interest? If, I don't get it. We don't have a team. Two, two, th- two things to point out. I don't on, feel on about that. <laughs> <laughs> that was one. It's like, so podcasts, if they wanted to grow, like pretty sure that the podcast y'all are listening to right now with these three handsome uh, headed hydras. Um, <laughs> so a little bit bigger following than we had that they have right now in their podcast. So maybe they would like to come on and talk about some things in Jackal Rugby with us. Uh, we'll throw we'll throw that out there to anybody listening. Um, to uh, you know, to go back on Grant's point, you're saying it doesn't make sense. It's a lot like wiping before you poop. It just doesn't make sense, right? Uh, and yeah, right. I don't find in, like everything is just kind of somebody was given the keys of the kingdom, and it's like they took a big wheel and said, "What do we want to do?" And, and spun it around and goes, "We're going to send somebody an hour and a half south." Like, great. Okay. We, yeah. we send, then, send, send them 12 blocks south first. <laughs> one one thing that makes some sense is they're doing these summer camps. Now, they are hey, charging an arm and a leg a bit for these new summer camps. And I would say normally that's a great idea. July 6th through 8th, they're going to have first and fourth graders through fourth graders. July 13th through 15th, they're going to have fifth through eighth graders. Normally, I would say this is a great idea. Yeah. And I was trying to explain to somebody that I was – uh, that is connected to the jackals. Um, that it, normally I would say it's a great idea, but because of people involved with the jackals historically, things like this have not gone so well, mm. and so there's a, a tinge of hesitancy or mm, let's say disinterest yeah. from people in. In and having the their children attend these things because of things that have happened in the past. Well, and so, so my question—you have kind of a history of this, right? Like, and the goal of these youth camps is to attract, you know, go to local schools, go to, right. you know, which are out, right? Some summertime is here. It's like kids are out for the most part. For from what I understand, I don't know. I don't have kids, so I don't know. Um, this <laughs> is more, this me, okay. This is me just guessing. Like I don't know. But you also have like local rugby clubs that you want to get involved with and things like that. So from that standpoint, um, you would go out to these different places and you would talk to students at schools or groups yep. and bring them in. 
uh, I don't see that happening. I don't. I didn't see Jacks going to uh, you know, Rick Collins Elementary School. Um, you know, and no. saying, hey, come out, and- to, come out to do, come out to join us on this youth camp. It feels as though they're just kind of like throwing this together at the last minute. And I even spoke with somebody with yeah. uh, Dallas Youth Rugby, and they mm-hmm. said that they've reached out multiple times uh, to co-host something or have you know somebody from the Jackals Jacks show up at some of their events, their games, their practices, anything, um, and trainings and things like that. And ju- they just said no interest on the other side. So, I, you know, that's mind, that's mind blowing. I'm, I'm sorry. I, like, that's just incredibly mind blowing. And that Dallas youth program is really good, you yeah. know, and they're, and they're dealing with kids. Uh, I've gone over there to, to coach some trainings and they've got kids from, you know, all the way from middle school, all the way up through high school and a yeah. uh, really good growing program. And, you know, hopefully the Jackals change their mind because, uh, you know, these are the kind of programs they need to be involved with. Well, and I think that that's, that's one of those things, how you get, Sorry, Grant. I didn't mean to Sorry, go ahead that. and talk. Uh, I was going to say that that's some of those things that you have to do to build out more support, right? You, that's, I, yeah. I, I can be honest. Like that's one of the things that Austin focused on this year was getting kids out to the matches because if you can get kids interested in coming back on a regular basis, kids bring both of their parents. They bring other kids right. that, that can play before each one of the home games. I think you may have seen one when you're here. They had touch rugby before every yeah. home game, and they had like come and play. They like they had all over the place at, at Coda. And that was fantastic. Well, what it does is it brings more and more families to the games. That's what they should be like really focusing on. So the fact that Absolutely. they're, can, can we ask what they're charging for a youth camp to go to? Just out of curiosity for those listening that may want to attend um, and not maybe have. Yeah. Let me, shot. Uh, you can pick it up. Hold it up. Grant, you you were about to say something a second ago. I was, you know, I was I was going to ask Rick. He was talking about uh, rugby programs in the Dallas area, and I was going to ask him what is actually happening with the operational, the functioning rugby programs in the Dallas area. So um, we, <laughs> I, I noticed that little backhand right there too. That little backhand, it's like, and that's a very, that's kind of a southern thing. Like, that's a that's a southern thing to say right there too. It's very it's getting better up here. Um, I think you know the obviously COVID hit all three of our areas pretty hard. Um, but as 15s went along, um, I think you're seeing that the the clubs really didn't suffer that much. Um, at least the higher level clubs, and in fact, even some of the lower level clubs. Um, you know, Grand Prairie started off yeah. very strong this spring, and they're looking really good this summer for sevens. Um, I know that they've kind of they've even applied in. for the they they've even applied to be uh, qualified for the national sevens festival in Seattle. Oh wow, that's awesome! Yeah, so there uh, that's an up and coming program. I I wouldn't be surprised if they're able to put together something in the next few years to get up to D one. Um, they've hugely improved, and they brought in a lot of the HEB group. Um, uh, the what is it, Hurst, Ulysses, Bedford, which are a lot of the Tongans um, ah. just south of the airport. Okay. And uh, it's hugely improved the program. And I know Anthony St. Uh, uh, Amont's been down there for a long time. You know, I, I don't know that he's coaching or anything anymore, but he was a big part of bringing that program back. And then... Um, are they D2, you know, they're Red, D2 right now in 15s? 
So this year they were supposed to be a D2, D1B team. Yeah. yeah. In, in that they were supposed to play their D2 schedule and part of their, and part of their schedule, and I, I may be saying this wrong, but I'm, I'm going to try to get it right. Yeah. Uh, part of their schedule would be playing D1 teams mm-hmm. as well, which they played us. And that would count towards their D2 schedule. And the better they did in the D1 games, would determine whether they were ready to be promoted to D1 or not, yeah. or whether they needed right. to do another season on that level. So yeah. If, uh, I think they at least need one more season. I would say two more seasons just to show not that they're good enough to play at that level, but they can do it consistently. I think, yeah. you know, yeah. one of the issues is yeah. you get a program that's playing D, you know, D1 level competition and is ready to move up. But if it's a newer program, you know, are they going to be able to do it year over year? Um, and, and I think that's you know, I think the uh, that's a genius with the D one B the D one B set up in the TRU is that it allows teams that want to be D one to test the waters without actually yeah. just walking in and getting trounced. Yeah, and still having a but at the same time it shows them just what financially they're going to be having to deal with if they want to sustain a D one team and that, and that's, that's quite a bit more than some people actually think about. So especially for a club. So real quick, go back the uh, summer rugby camps for the Dallas Jackals would be 90 per camper uh, for the weekend for that three day period. Yeah. Uh, 75 down here. That's I said, that's not terrible. I was expecting if you want a replica ball. So I mean, it's not bad. 90. But this is the, yeah. So th- I think this is the concern that, you know, um, a lot of people have here is that there's a certain person within the organization who has put on camps before and things have not turned out as were expected. Mm. Um, I wasn't there for any of that. So I can only speak to what I've heard from a lot of different sources. Yeah. Um, and so there's hesitancy to trust uh, what's going on, especially with, youth camps yeah it's understandable um now the reds though start off two and oh in the two major tournaments a lone star sevens up here in dallas and then Bloodfest, uh which was just this past weekend and uh i don't have any details from uh blood fest in terms of you know how teams played i know there was a team from california that joined teams from all um, over and a couple of new teams that um are in the dfw area that are now, not only, uh, you know, playing some sevens kind of socially, they've actually been approved for membership within TRU. Oh, really? Uh, along with Little Rock Stormers coming back to TRU. So, um, you know, but we can get into that a little bit later when I have some more details um, on that. It, it was just something that came across today. So uh, let's say that our boys, our boys uh, were very impressed with the quality of play of the Reds. We faced them in the first round of, in the first elimination first elimination round for uh, the title, and uh, we went two and one on the day in our pool, getting beat out by the Huns. And uh, when we went into the Reds, we gave them a good game, but they were just uh, in sevens wise. The Reds seem to have, I think, four people on them that are seven specialists, guys who didn't even play 15s yeah. this year. They spent the year traveling abroad, playing sevens wherever they could, and, and, 
in a larger in the larger international tournaments that we're running, still running even with COVID. So you know they've got they put together a pretty solid team there. And then it looks like, and I could be wrong on this, but it looks like that the Gorilla team is basically a uh, development sevens team for players who will eventually go into the Dallas Reds team. Hmm. Hmm. So, and the Gorilla team, so, they're, they're young, at least last time I saw them, uh, very, young. very young, like, Co- high school, college guys, like yeah, high people, school, college. I mean, and some guys who are you know, just fresh into the, into the sport itself. From yeah. what I could tell, like again, this was they've also got a great sevens coach in Mickey Patterson. Yep, I mean yeah. he is he is one of the better sevens coaches in the state here. So, I mean, and and Dallas for, I mean for whatever it's worth, you guys do have a lot of sevens coaches up there that are yeah yeah higher up on the scale. I mean yeah so. Awesome. Uh, so, Dustin, I wanted to filter down since you had Bloodfest in your backyard. It was in my go? backyard. Uh, so, uh, I unfortunately did not get a chance to make it out there. Um, <clears throat> I got tied up with work. So, I know. Hey, man, I, I, I spent the week before tailgating, having a great time, and the hundred and something degree temperature, watching Toronto melt right in front of our faces, uh, seeing the greatest try and mlr history uh which we'll get to in a minute um we can talk we'll talk about that for a while but yeah so Bloodfest was for all in, intents and purpose like was really went off really well from what all i understand uh it was on flow sports or flow rugby um for the first time ever so that was pretty new a uh, pretty unique situation to actually get um that tournament there <clears throat> from what i understand flow is really trying to push that summer sevens Kind of series and get people out and, and do broadcasting of those matches so that they get more recognition and it was all not all the matches were broadcast but pretty close to it there were quite a few matches that were being broadcast on different pitches and so um that was really great to hear and see see things going on there um you know obviously i from what i have and again i asked for a, a confirmed report and i don't know if this is actually confirmed but um of the of all the championships the reds won the men's premiere the men's opened was i from what i can tell online it's really hard to read it looks like grand prairie won. it was between grand prairie and and the huns too uh if i'm incorrect on that sorry no i Uh, believe it was grand prairie i think grand prairie won yeah men's social san antonio Came up, those guys came up and, and put on a good show. Uh, the Super Social, uh, I do love the word Super Social out of that group. That's basically the old guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there were a few beers could probably consumed uh, after seven minutes. Uh, Hark won that one, uh, so that was nice to see. Okay. Women's Social, uh, Valkyries won. And because they played the Valkyries, so <laughs> Valkyries won. Team A. Did they played their top players. That both the Valkyries played each other in the finals. The Valkyries split up and put two teams, and so Valkyries red and Valkyries black played each other. Black, yeah, something don't, like that. Yeah. Don't know who won. Doesn't really matter. Valkyries they won. Uh, the high school boys U nineteen Rebel Rugby. Trying to find out where they're from. Not quite sure. So if you guys know that, that's that's always good. Uh, and then the. Uh, Let's see, the high school girls U19 Rhino Academy, their second team won, and then the high school boys U17 Rhinos Academy won. So um, getting the Rhinos here and playing. So that's, I mean, 82 teams across the country yeah. came to play. 
there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people were out there. It was the largest blood fest to date, from what I understand, uh, which is always great to hear. Uh, If you saw online, they had merch for sale. They're like training tops and stuff. Man, they were slick. I was really disappointed we didn't pick one of those up. Like, so, um, you know, it's, it's good. Like, right. Sevens is now kicking off. It's the first big turn. I think first big tournament, second big tournament in Texas, really, you know, this year so far for sevens after COVID and everything. So, and, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of people were ready and they were amped to be out there playing. Like there was, um, I, I did get to see, cause I do have flow sports. I did get to see a couple matches. There was some, some pretty solid rugby being played. Um, you know, sevens is, if you've never watched sevens, then you, you, you wouldn't know. But if you do which you probably do, if you watch rugby, it's, man, it was fast. There's, there's some guys out there, a couple guys on the, on the Reds team for sure. I was like, God, that guy is so fast. I'm sitting going, you know, there was a couple breakaways that I saw throughout, throughout the day. I'm like, man, there's nobody that's going to catch him. I'm sitting there going like, where's Carlin Isles? Let's put him up next to him and see how fast these guys really are. Yeah. Uh, and, and one of the guys we were going to bring on today uh, plays for the Reds uh, sevens program um, mm. as well as the 15s, but not, he's not quite well as well known for the 15s. Yeah. And um, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask is, you know, is there an understood way of, you know, getting up to the Eagles program if you're not, in college right and yes, so i think is. one yeah. of the things that i i would like to see is as sevens develops more and texas already has very healthy sevens uh circuit yeah um but but a better way to get our players up there because with sevens being an olympic sport it's getting so much more recognition yeah. um you can get a guy like from the xos program you could grab a winger from that xos program we did plug him in <laughs> And he could go out there and set the world alight. And then all of a sudden you get a new player that can play on the national team or at least go up to the pool and challenge, you know? Yeah. Uh, So I I think that's one of the biggest difficulties. It seems like they're very stuck on just grabbing the kids from colleges um, and not looking at the, you know, 22, 23, 24 year old guys who were out there, you know, not able to go to army or or to Lindenwood or Davenport or something like that. Yeah, um, that could well, that could go and help the help the program. I, I think there are pathways. I think there are. You know, there's always right rugby. We're still not there from like college scouting level for a lot yeah. of these things, like we are in every other major American sport. But I do think <coughs> I, I, I think the age. Bless you, sir. No. <laughs> uh, I do think you know. So the great thing about it, you know, the AGs that didn't travel to go play Seattle this past weekend were all there. Um, all, most of the guys that were not, they were all there, but there were a couple of people that were there that were scouting and mm-hmm. it was, you know, Mason Harry. And I know uh, some of the other lads were there. They were actually scouting players to play for potentially play for Austin, play for the Austin outlaws, the, you know, the U, U18, U20, you know, just Academy members. Uh, You talked about like EXO, like Austin did sign one of the EXO players, then Davis still, uh, who uh, tried to, I was watching some of his EXO matches. God, he is fast. Like he, once he gets an open, like, but again, sevens doesn't always necessarily you know quality doesn't always necessarily equate to 15s quality like it's different than you, yeah yeah exactly. of course some guys can do it some guys can't um sorry it's like it's like colin it's like colin holly says you know if you can't exploit the half gap half gap in 15s you can blow through the full gap in sevens yeah 
but yeah. it's not it, the reverse is not it always doesn't true. go the other it way, go the other way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you yeah. can get that full gap but uh, can you get that little one right there <laughs> yeah. uh so yeah so interesting you talk about this? pathways uh you know in these academy teams that are coming up rugby hdx the outlaws they're all uh applying to be national pathways yeah so those are i mean like the guys on our team that were under 23 were out there at the uh, national pathway talent id combine that we held for usa rugby yeah so those players are there and then the players that we identified from that that were in the area they're coming and played sevens with us this year yeah and those that aren't in our area, we're making sure that they're with a club in their area so that they can get upskilled and, and move on with their rugby. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, there is a pathway. And uh, it, it's, 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 it's more like that, a path that's kind of like a squiggly line. Not really, not really. <laughs> no, it, it's a very direct path. Oh, you think okay? so? Okay. You no, know, I know so. <laughs> okay, because I've read the documents. I'm surprised you haven't. I haven't. Um, so, Ted <laughs> so Browner and Brendan Keene have a very uh, have a very direct way to get to there. They have all the uh, you can find this all on USA Rugby and uh, uh, at their website. And they have a whole setup saying this is what your physical standards this need to be. This is what your skills need to be, and they're in tiers, so you know this is world class. This is professional. This is you know. Hmm. So where are you at in those tiers? So you know where you're at in those tiers and what you have to work on. There's a rubric to all that. So, you know, athletes can go, hey, we're going to work on this. And then they have these talent ID combines where these players have to come. They do the physical stuff first. Then they do the rugby stuff. And you've got uh, Mike Tolkien, Kyle Sumption, uh, uh I can't remember who else right now off the top of my head. Oh. Brendan Keene, um, Gary Gold's out there, Hugh Bevan. Uh, some of the women's coaches are out there. They're out there watching these athletes yeah. as they go through these combines and grading them and knowing which ones, you know, are serious and which ones are there just to see, you know, what's the combine like, what do I actually have to do to show yeah. up, right? So there is a pretty definite pathway. Um, this year is just the talent ID portion of it uh, was the beginning and then the talent development is coming on the backside of that with the academy teams that are part of the pathway such as ARPTC okay. you know they're a part of the yeah. pathway for women uh, rugby HTX and the uh, U18s here they're part of the pathway for men uh, the outlaws I understand are going to be part of the pathway as well so yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on that's making it happen but that pathway is funneling up Hmm. Key thing is getting these athletes who want to be in the pathway in a in either a daily training environment or a near daily training environment, such as the Outlaws and Rugby HDX, yeah. to where they're trying to bridge that gap between club and professional, and so that when they do, when they are asked to step up to professional, they're already ready. But at the same time, they're getting a lot of catch pass, evasive running, tackling skills uh, work put in as well as all the other stuff they get put in. So there's a lot to those things, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it may not seem to somebody who's inside of those programs, like there's an actual pathway, but there really is. And I got to say that Ted Browner and Brendan Keene have really put together 
a serious program to make sure those pathways are working and becoming more evident to the rugby populace in the U.S. Oh, yeah, good Good to hear. I mean, uh, I guess... What's going on with the AGs before AGs. we move on to Houston? AGs, there's a lot. We can <clears throat> we can talk about what happened a couple of weeks ago in Houston with the AGs, but uh, oh, uh, I know, baby. <laughs> that, that, that big, beautiful cup stays. It's, it's actually like this big... Um, I mean, it's not uh, absurd like the one that New York and L- L.A. have because oh, that's, that's gosh, absurd. That's that's beautiful. I think it's actually gorgeous. It, it is a gorgeous. It's like the Stanley it Cup. It looks like Stanley Cup. Anyway, Texas, Texas, right? But it is it is gorgeous, but it's massive. It's so damn big. Uh, no, hey, um, Austin, man, we're it's playoff time. Or it's playoff hunt time. Like we are. Unfortunately, we um, we lost at at Utah. That was uh, a bit of a. Um, we got kind of thumped on that one. Uh, we, they, I mean, Utah's, Utah's, Utah's playing. Utah's playing tough rugby, man. You can't you can't deny that they're they're four four in a row on the trot right now. Um, four or five. But they could have easily have lost three of those. They could have easily lost the last three games. They came back from seventeen down. Blah blah. blah whatever. Anyway, it's yeah. So they they could have, but they're they're sitting four points uh, four points ahead of us right now, or five points ahead of us right now. Um, honestly, it's going to be a tough uphill battle for us. You know, we've got, um, you know, we did win three in a row, started with the, uh, the Texas cup win in Houston, uh, which was big. They played a hell of a match. That was, uh, it, it was a, it was some bruising hits in that match. Like it was a rough, rough match. Um, and, and then we came home to Toronto for our last home game of the year and played absolutely beautiful rugby. Uh, I think since I, I think it actually was that Houston game is when Kurt Morath started slotting into the 10 spot because Will McGee was injured. I think that Kurt has been just really just a pivotal role, just working the field like his not not to give Mac Mason like any any kind of slight or anything because he played great at 10 with Will at 15. But I just think Kurt has really opened it up. The team is really moving the ball around. We're finally putting points on the board for most of the season. You know, we were winning like 17 to three, 17 to 10. Like we weren't scoring a whole lot of points. Now we're scoring 35 and we scored 40. Was it 45 against? I just forgot what the number was. Uh, It was 47. 47 against Toronto. That's the most Toronto's ever given up in a single game. Um, and, the, and the greatest try in MLR history, uh, Lerome White uh, picking the ball off, making getting redemption from the week before, and it becoming the uh, a, a meme that people were kind of making fun of on the rugby network, and he takes off for, you know, uh, three quarters of the, f- of the field try. So big props to Lerome the prop. Because he was playing, he'd already started playing for probably about, uh, was it 40 minutes or so? So he had been on the pitch, came on 27 minutes, and for Patty Ryan, um, already played multiple scrums, 110 on the field. It was hot. Like it was hot. And then to put in a 70 meter run like that, I mean, I mean, you can tell when he got that ball, he's like, I'm not letting, he, don't look back, don't look back. Don't I'm back. not stopping. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked, he looked like he was going to throw up his lungs when he got when he got up from that try. If you do notice, if you do notice, in poor Lerome, like I, I love the guy, like Kentucky's second favorite son, as I call him. Um, I give him a hard time because right before that, earlier in the in the match, uh, Brian Hightower said uh, Lerome White, University of Kentucky graduate, and Lerome went to Louisville, and oh, 
Oh, and that is a big, yeah, I mean, big no-no. I mean, it, is, it is Hightower, man. I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> uh, so that was that was really funny. Uh, right after that, Dan Power, the same sentence, said that he went untouched for 80 meters in the last match, which he didn't because he got chased down. Uh, by Luke Beauchamp. By Beauchamp. <laughs> so that was a bit of a segue for what was going to happen later. Oh, no, so, Diego Magno. No, 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 no. It, it, no, it was Luke. Luke, Luke, Luke was on chasing Luke, him down. Luke, okay. Yeah, yeah, Luke chased him down. Uh, so anyway, Lerome White, uh, I mean, it was fantastic. He's gotten so much praise. So an article came out uh, today yeah, on, really, on Wednesday. Banger from, article. Yeah, from yeah. Bangley. So that was great to hear, right? Good stuff. Uh, oh, really, plus, plus he scored for the Houston Gilgronies is what I read. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the rugby dump. Jeez, that was That was pretty, you know, what is that? Rugby, uh, what? It was a rugby dump, which is... The it, rugby dump, yeah. Their name pretty much sums it up right there. Yeah. It's going to be their service. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. The Houston Gilgronies. Hey, well, the Austin Sabercats, I mean, the Austin Gilgronies, <laughs> uh, then went into Seattle and... Oh, man, I tell you what, it was an ugly win, but a team that wins tends to win, and and we won that one too. So right now, you know, obviously the tables are sitting. Whew, man, it's it's tough. Uh, I mean, you've got unfortunately Seattle and Houston are officially out. Um, San Diego pretty close to being out, um, but you know, LA. I don't think anybody's going to catch yeah, up. San Diego needs a lot of like they need LA to lose Austin and Utah, and Utah to lose and not get bonus points. Yeah. And they need to get all their bonus points. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to be, it's going to be tough for San Diego to even make it to playoffs. You know, again, with us sitting five back, we are, uh, there's hope that we can potentially play you play LA and win. will agree with me on this. I don't think that whether y'all make the playoffs or not, this has been a hugely successful season. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, there's no doubt about it. The, the success that we've had, you know, turn around. I, I do. Yeah. Turn around from again, terrible, terrible team to, to what we're doing. I think Sam Harris and Mark Gerard are doing an excellent job. The organization itself is just absolutely phenomenal. They've, they've been doing good things. There were over, I didn't get the, fi- the official count, but there were over 3,700 people at the match against toronto i can tell you that place was rocking um it was it was loud it was pride night i mean people were just up in the stand swinging their towels and on the rome's try i mean the place erupted in the midweek games yeah i know man it It wasn't it wasn't us like it wasn't me so i can't we only had one midweek game i think it was la had the other one too um but we'll see it's gonna be uh i have uh this may not come out in time, but on Thursday tomorrow, uh, we are at four o'clock. We're doing a live broadcast. Uh, we're actually sitting down with Sam Harris for about an hour to talk to talk a little bit of rugby with live Q and A. So if you guys aren't doing anything, you can come on and ask some questions to Mr. Sam Harris. Um, yeah, good, good stuff. You know, awesome. we'll see. Overall, Texas Cup win for us. That stays here for the whole year. So that's good. And I'll leave it at that. With all the good stuff going on here in Austin, uh, and now over to the losers of the Texas Cup. Well, I'm going to get up for a minute and don't go away. I have to go get the Sabercats award for this year. Okay, okay, we're waiting. Stay, stay with me for just a second. Do you think he actually reads those? I don't know. It's so for those of you listening to the podcast, Grant Cole has departed. Um, yeah. I hope, he's, I hope he's going to get a bottle of tequila oh, or something. Hey, welcome do back, I, Do we ever read the books there, the 200 cookbooks <laughs> over my shoulder? No. Yeah. Have it's you all, seen me? It's all. <laughs> Have you seen me? 
<laughs> yes, you did. You just get ahead. Okay, got it. So I guess Grant, what's happening? Know, uh, I have been entrusted with the SaberCats Award for this year in the MLR. <sighs> uh, you know, you know what? Actually, actually, you you could you could theoretically not get the wooden spoon. Theoretically, we are not going to beat the C- Seattle at home with Seattle's on the on the upswing right now. We are not on the upswing. But, but have faith. You, we could, there's we a could, chance. Could there's a, there's a, there's a I, chance. I just, it's just, um, you know, hey, we've got a coaching change coming up, and the team knows about it. And, I mean, you're seeing that in the play. We're putting in the, a first half against Austin that's very physical. Yeah. Against, uh, uh, you know, LA even LA. Oh, yeah, I mean, half against well, LA was tough. Yeah, our first half against LA was good. Uh, our first half against uh, can't remember who played last week. Anyway, uh, ATL. That yeah, maybe not the first half against ATL. I mean, we were so, so good there, but 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 the ball was so slick there. I don't Bad think boss. anybody. The monsoon was in it. Was trying to figure out what was happening. Was it actually rainy during the match? There was a monsoon. Yeah. It was uh, okay. Uh, you could see Storm. it from the camera. Oh no, Tropical Storm Claudette was very much in <laughs> in working its working its magic there in Atlanta. So anyway, uh, you know, a lot of things going that are not you know not happening, not things we want to happen. But uh, you know, on the on the backside, Rugby HDX put its fifth player in uh, MLR contract issue. CJ Burks got up and got uh, playing time at Atlanta. And uh, so, you know, he very good for him. And, and he, you know, he did well in his in his 20 minutes out there. Uh, so a lot of things that are working, you know, that are doing the doing going the way we want them to go. But we just got to get through this coaching change first and then yeah. find out who our next yeah. head coach is going to be. Any front so what, right now? Sorry. There, I, mean, I know that there, was what you're going to ask. <laughs> I mean, is it, you know, is there any front runners? I'm, I'm always going to say this, and you're fixing to hear my wife yell in the background. So just, just hit, you just know this. I'll bring her in. I'm, bring I'm, her in. I'm, 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 I'm warning you ahead of time. Uh, there have been three head coaches for the SaberCats. Yes. In their time, and only one of them has a winning record. Not for nothing. <laughs> right on cue. <laughs> no, I've heard. I've heard like a, the players like him, and. Um, uh, he has won, but I've heard concerns over his X's and O's. So, you know, you can have concerns over his X's and O's, but say at the same time, he's six and one as an interim head coach. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the one match he lost was the first match he coached. Yeah. But, and, and, yeah. It's so. <laughs> I love it. We just need to get her on too. Just bring her on. Have her sit down and talk. But no, 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 no. She. I mean, that's that's her second son. I mean, yeah, that's her. I know. So. I, here's here's the thing though. Like, you, do you? I'll ask this question. It's it's been a little bit of time. Like it's not the same team. Not. I mean, you know, a lot of new players, a lot of different players. It's not the same team. Do they expect that? It, you know, uh, we'll, we'll say it magic to happen twice or lightning to strike twice and have be successful or, or, or they could they potentially be looking, uh, across the seas for, for someone. Well, I mean, they were across the seas last time, 
you know, it's it's no secret that uh, that Heels was their third choice yeah. on the list, and they couldn't get their first two choices. Just they couldn't get a contract agreement from them. Yeah, and Heels was okay. Well, let's go. And uh, so, you know, what are they going to do right this time? Um, you know, is our ownership group going to push for an overseas coach? Probably because that's the way they think. Yeah. Um, and it's <laughs> if those of you who didn't hear my wife said, cause they don't know any better. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, Paul's been putting in a lot of time as coaching and, uh, those who are concerned about his X's and O's need to look at some of the deep, some of the numbers he's put on the field this year as assistant coach. Yeah. And, uh, look at the upswing in catch pass uh, numbers and tackling numbers and defense numbers, especially in the first half when the team keeps their head. Yeah. You know, once the team gets behind the post and, you know, after, after the op opposition scores, uh, they start to get in their own head at that time and then everything goes out the window. But if you watch the team when they're playing their structure like on defense and on, you know, and in their skills, when they're doing that thing they're supposed to do, uh, which is the stuff that he, that, that Emmerich deals with, their numbers are up. Yeah. But so there's also see. the question of, you know, what, what is the um, ideal behind the Sabercats? Is it to develop younger players and, and coach them up uh, to eventually be, you know, top level playing with the Giltinis? Or is it to go find a bunch of Kiwis and, and Aussies um, and Safas and, and Brits and bring them over and, you know, try and win a championship? And that that could be the determining factor in how you decide on a new coach, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what the coach you pick is going to have is going to have a vision for how that works out. Yeah. And, and that's important. Um, I think the one thing that really troubles the cats right now and i'm not sure if they're aware of this is that the the g the work of a general manager in a, in a sports enterprise is being handled by three to four people within the organization yeah. and there's a disconnect for how all that goes together i mean maybe they don't know there's a disconnect but it's a it's something that fans can see it's something that people outside of the team can see um so you know, if, if the Sabercats as an organization work on that thing, that, that GM and work on getting a GM who knows what a coach wants, knows what the coach needs, and then goes out and gets those things and handles all of the stuff that has to go with acquiring play, players. You, you look at Ryan Fitzgerald at NOLA. Um, you, you look over, I don't know how the Giltinis and the Gogronis are doing it, but I mean, they seem to have a really good method working. Mark Winokur at Toronto Arrows is doing okay. a very good job. Stephen Lewis at Rooney. Uh, you, everybody's got a little bit of good thing and is getting better at it. And I think this is a place that the cats really need to look at before they consider what's their head coach going to be yeah. taking these four of the, the roles that these four or five people are doing and putting them into one role under the president, let the club president run the club 
and let the GM handle the recruiting and bringing in the people and out the people that need to need to be on to play with the team so that the coach can coach the team. Yeah, I think in, yeah. in, in LA and Austin, I believe, and we can ask Sam tomorrow when I interview him, uh, but I believe he has kind of like the G, that coach GM combination where he's bringing in the players that he wants to bring in. Uh, and I'm almost positive that Darren Coleman has the same thing in uh, in LA, um, which is also one of the things like there. Yeah, that's, it, that's because, great. But you've got to have some. There's got to be a separation from business and field. It's like, doing the business yeah. end of the player acquisition. Yeah, and and that is not an easy. You know, no. looking at what visas are costing and everything, none of that's easy. Uh, or just, and, just the delays and stuff. Yeah, there's a difference between, you know, putting together a list of all the players that you want at every position and everything. And, and then getting uh, them here. <laughs> and then actually yeah. getting them here. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Yeah. Because I know that they were working. So we, we I, one of the things I forgot to announce, like, it's kind of a big announcement, but it went under the radar last week, really. It was Lockie McCaffrey signed, finally got here. Yeah. Like, he's been, Lockie McCaffrey, who played, like, played eight behind Pete Samu at Brumby. It's like, Lockie McCaffrey was the 2020 uh, like um, Super Rugby AU Finals uh, MVP. Like he is a hell of a player. Went un- un- unrecognized kind of last week and all the stuff going on. But the great thing, like, the unfortunate thing about it, he was supposed to be here like a month ago. <laughs> but so you need somebody like you're saying that can handle visas, handle getting the play- getting the people here, working the contracts, handling that aspect of it, who understands sports business. In some cases, yeah. probably a little bit of sports law. Well, it understands the player side of the business. Yeah. Because there's a whole, being the commercial development side of the business, yeah, keeping different. butts in seats, making sure your venue stays rented out. That's a whole different animal. And, and that's on a president or, you know, whoever at that level is operating. Director of operations or something like that. Yeah. But a, but a director of rugby or a GM, you know, they basically are, are side by side with the coach. Yeah. But they're handling the player into the business while the coach handles the rugby into the business. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's what I think, that's what I think is something needs to happen that at, at here in Houston. But, yeah. hey, I am not that guy to make that decision, right? I wish <laughs> I was. Yeah, I'd I'd love to, to, you throw your name into the hat? No, I don't throw your hat into the ring. No, 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 no. If I throw my name in the hat, it's because I've won the lottery and I'm buying the team. So, <laughs> See, I, this is, this is I've thought about this. Like, do we do we buy a team? I don't know. Like, that's that seems like because everybody, everybody, I know, I, 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 would, I would too. I think everybody knows that you don't make money. And, oh, you don't make a whole lot of money. I, I want to be that silent all. owner. You're gonna be the silent owner. You know, like Mark Cuban, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, don't get me started on that shit. <laughs> so, um, other than the Sabercats, things going on uh, with the hotter, the the hell or high water sevens are this is this weekend up in Spring, up the yep. top, near the just south of the Tomball Airport, um, and then in two weeks, uh, uh, HDX sevens, what we're going to call the Battle on the Bayou. All right, and oh, our nice. trophies are going to be wrestling. Uh, 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 wrestling style belt, <sighs> like championship belts. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, please, please get some photos of that beforehand. We, uh, we will. So yeah, and then, uh, our post, our post match theme will be wrestling themed. Okay, very nice. 
so there, yeah, so there may be news in my pocket next week. I'm meeting with a certain somebody here locally tomorrow. No, I wish it was my. <laughs> I can get him to respond in an email, but I, I can't get a meeting with him. Well, Mark, Mark Cuban, <laughs> yeah, or, or the other person. Oh, that's good. Cuban, yeah. yeah. I will, we'll work on it. Yeah, and, and then also cherry bone sevens will come up after that. So yeah. there's like three weekends of rugby in a row here in Houston. Um, and then yeah, I think it comes back up north. Yeah, uh, and then it swings back north. Uh, north and uh, then Shreveport. Uh, and there's one well, in Shreveport's uh, a lot at the end. Energy the sevens up in OKC. Yeah, yeah. And then there's River City sevens uh, in Austin at the at Burfield. Yep. So River City. Yeah. I forgot about. Yeah, that. They, they down near they like, do it down near the river. I can't remember exactly where. And it is. So they're doing it at Burfield. They're doing it at Burfield. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. No, it's not. Uh, it used to be down near the river somewhere. In a van. In a van. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a lot of rugby. Uh, we had rugby. It is a lot of rugby. We we had we talked about some rugby. Um, we had some. Uh, we took a bit of time, and then rugby. and we had some overcooked rugby. Talk. Then we then we really got some fresh rugby in there for everybody listening yes. and watching. Um, guys, I sprinkle a little rugby on top of our, our rugby. I, yeah, I I do appreciate that. Hey, if <laughs> if you want to get rugby gear, hey, uh, fun fact you guys should know. I saw besides myself, well, I didn't have it on. I had a regular kit on. Uh, there were two people in the crowd at Austin that had Gilgroniac shirts. Nice. Yes. So there's three of us. <laughs> or four of us. You say it was a small army. Uh Gilgroniac stuff that was great. I think there's somebody who's walking by the tailgate and I was like, oh we oh and I'll be down in Houston uh this weekend for the match. Uh, oh yeah last, my ticket. Last home game in Houston. That's okay. Yep. Just just I bet Grant's got free tickets for you. He can give you. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you got you had that. And then uh, I, somebody else let me know that they ordered some brand new uh, rugby for Texas. Very nice. Uh, gear, which is awesome. Um, the guys that they're at the rugby shop, they were kind of, they, they fixed, there was an error on one of my shirts and they fixed it and they're sending a new one out. So that was good for them. Uh, really happy about that because Hey, all proceeds go to charity for that. Cause that's yeah. awesome. In Texas. In Texas. In Texas. Because it's Texas Rugby. It's Texas Rugby Monthly. There's more rugby going on. Uh, hey, you know that? do you know what else is kind of great? Thanks to what? Mr. Uh, Rick Collins for at least bringing it up and almost getting us there. Uh, we have a Twitter handle. Hush your face, kids. Shut, <laughs> shut your mouth. Quiet your mama right there. Hey. We're on social media. We're on social media. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are finally, I guess. Uh, however, it's like, I just retweet everybody else's shit. Uh, so we do post it. If you want to follow us on Twitter, because I don't know, we don't have Instagram yet. Don't ask unless you want to run our Instagram and Twitter yeah. account because we just don't have time to do TikTok, it. TikTok is right out. Uh, no, no TikTok. We're not TikToking. I don't even know if that's a thing. Uh, you want to see me dancing? No, I really do. I do want to see you dancing. Oh, I don't think I really want to I, I do want to see that. Hey, uh, but our Twitter handle, TX Rugby Monthly, at TX Rugby Monthly, because Texas Rugby Monthly was just really long, and I was just trying to shorten it up a little bit. So TX Rugby Monthly, man, it's it's June. It's hot as hell in the state of Texas. Gentlemen. It's only going to get hotter. It's only going to get hotter. Uh, this time. Hotter as hell, says. 
it's hot as Texas. It's hot as Texas. <laughs> <laughs> make sure make sure your thermostats are set to eighty four according to Aircon. <laughs> Fuck out of here! Get out of here! Uh, best meme best meme I saw was the guys. It was somebody saying Aircon says turn your thermostat to eighty four, and oh, it was the guys from and, and the guys from the pawn shop says best I can do is seventy two. <laughs> uh, but the next time that we chat as a group, gentlemen, the MLR will be in playoffs. Who will be in? Regular season done. Crazy and to believe. Silly season will have started. And uh, yeah, and then the, then what's going <laughs> to happen after that? Who the hell knows? We have no idea. Maybe we'll talk some drafting because we talked about that one time back when Dallas yeah, drafted players draft coming up in August. We do maybe maybe we'll talk about another supplemental draft with Dallas. <laughs> Dallas's second supplemental draft in as many seasons. I hope that Dallas drafts the best players so that Austin can reach in and snag them up. <laughs> Hello, oh. Connor Mooneyham. <laughs> hey, you can Grant, thank me for that one. I, I will. I do thank you for that one. I thank the the Dallas organization for that one. As we continue to see Connor run around and just destroy people, and uh, we'll, maybe we'll we'll be able to talk about Connor playing uh, playing in maybe a USA Eagles match. Eagles. Okay. That's it's coming up. It's right around the corner. Uh, next month, July fourth, we're taking Independence to England. Uh, it's still going to be a hard ass match for the Eagles. I'm sorry, it's going to be rough. <laughs> it's gonna be real. Half the lot, half of the half of the England team is playing with Lions, but it's still going to be tough. Let's be honest here, kids. Yeah. Hey, uh, Grant, got anything else over there in Houston? No, it's just the uh, we're here. We're caught between the longing for love and the struggle for the lingual tender. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It. Rick, uh, what about you up there in Dallas? Any words of wisdom? I'm good. Just dreams of Connor Mooneyham and a Jackals jersey. We can give him one and just wow. put, it, put him we on. We can go so many ways with that. Where's Rule 34? <laughs> Rule 34 has been implemented and in effect. Jeez, that just, what kind of podcast did this turn into, friends? Uh, I'm not going to talk anything like that. I'm going to hope and pray that those AGs continue to get those four-point bonus tries. Hope that uh, maybe Utah can get get snagged up in ATL. Hopefully, maybe uh, the LA puts a hurting on them and they get no bonus points and no wins for the rest of the season. I'll give them maybe like one because I think they have – I don't know who they have coming up. But anyway, I'm hoping we, we can get a shot at the playoffs. If not, it's been a good season so far. Always fun. To chat with you lads hey thanks thanks for coming on again by the way all three of us tip tip of the cap uh for those of you watching uh since we're all wearing our uh associate team caps um even though only two of us actually have an mlr team uh, <laughs> uh i know sorry it's, it, it'll never end i don't think right we'll just keep going until you guys play a game <laughs> oh well you know there may be a day when he's got a team in one of us. <laughs> the way things look this season, it's not going to be mine. <laughs> it, yeah. and, and, and it could, that could be, he can, he can just be building up for that day. I know he is. He's holding it all in. I'm hey, ready. I'm ready for it. We're, he's ready for it. We're, we're, I am ready. I'm ready to see the outside of the team, but we'll see. Gentlemen. For Greg Collins up in Dallas, Grant Cole over in Houston. I'm Dustin Zare down in Austin. We'll catch you next time. All right. All right. <laughs>